0: Well, here we are, the last moments that mattered of the regular season. It came down to the very, very last day, the very last game, and some of the last plays to decide the top six and what it looks like for postseason. I'm Jack Heverin, riding, as always, alongside Derek Rucker. What a last day we had, Ruck. Just a great final round to kind of cap off an outstanding
1: NBL 24 regular season. And we saw home teams just take advantage of the friendly confines. Cairns did it up there against melbourne united we saw tasmania really handle their business and then today when new zealand needed it most they were unable to get it done against a very defensive-minded adelaide sixers and they spoil new zealand's opportunity to finish in
0: fourth place so here is the ladder at the end of round 20 here's how it all stood at the end percentage was a factor particularly for the brisbane bullets and i think we We started to really highlight this about three weeks out, didn't we, that their percentage was going to be a problem, and it ended up being the case. And then, you know, we talk about moments that matter. There are so many little moments across the season where percentage played a role, both positive and negative, for all teams. Well, I think even the Southeast
1: Melbourne Phoenix can look back at the season and highlight moments where they didn't handle their business, and they could have found themselves in this final round in a much better situation. But I think you highlight the team, that suffered the most, and that was the Brisbane Bullets. Inability to close games early, midway through the season, really got them relying on the percentage, which was never gonna go their way in these tiebreaker situations
0: late in the season, and they miss out. Why don't we start with what we've just seen here at the Adelaide Entertainment Center. The 36ers played the role of party pooper on the last day of the season. They were terrific, full credit to them. They were, they came out a bit sluggish, things weren't looking great. But
1: the main thing is that they were defending well and they never allowed New Zealand to get comfortable. Parker Jackson, Cartwright was solid. Will McDowell-White was solid before getting injured. But really, Adelaide stifled everyone else on that New Zealand breakers roster and
0: limited them to only 70 points in this game. Let's look, get back to Adelaide in just a moment. Let's talk New Zealand here and that name you mentioned, Will McDowell-White, because they're headed to a play-in game against the Sydney Kings in Sydney. You go back to last year's grand final series, Will McDowell-White was phenomenal. He's not going to be there this time around.
1: He's a big out, and hopefully, I mean, we don't know certainly that he's going to be out, but it appears to be the case. Now, he's got about 10 days to recover and get himself right. But in his absence, New Zealand really need to restructure how they attack, especially on the offensive end. They need a much better performance from Isaiah Leafa. I think he was one for nine in today's game. They're going to need to find some perimeter shooting to add value to that scoring uh, lineup because they're going to miss Will McDowell White's ability to create off off the bounce. So they're going to need some three-point shooting to make up for that
0: loss. Anything, and we've sung the praise of New Zealand a lot in the second half of the season, yeah. so we're not going to jump out of the canoe based on one performance, but anything today outside of what you mentioned that would be concerning Modi Mayor heading into the play-in? I think the interior defence,
1: a lot is riding on Mango Matiang's ability to protect the interior. And I'm not sure he can do that on his own. Somebody else is going to have to step up. Cheatham needs to provide more offensive punch. I think he only had six, seven, eight points today.
0: That's not enough. To Adelaide, while we're here, Scott Ninnis. We spoke to him before the game started today. He spoke to John Casey on the coverage said he's not interested in being an assistant coach or a general manager. He's either coaching this team or he's off doing other things. What happens next here with the 36ers? Well, I think this week they will name Scotty Ninnis
1: as their coach for the next two seasons. I believe that would be the right thing to do. Now you can start looking at your roster. Who suits what Scotty Ninnis wants to get done? When you looked at their performance today, Jack, it looked like everybody found a place yeah. and a role out there on the floor. But obviously, That lineup isn't enough to be a championship contender. So you've got to look elsewhere in the free agency market, perhaps in the import market. I like Trey Kell. I like how he played under Scott Nenis. So I'd be looking to bring him back. But there's definitely enough of a core there. And then, of course, the big piece is literally Isaac Humphries. Can you
0: get him back? And he must be their priority ASAP. For 36ers fans, it sounds like one way or the other there's going to be an answer very, very soon. To Tasmania, they hosted Perth at My State Bank Arena on Saturday night. I was down there, great performance. Are they the, the informed team of the competition heading into postseason?
1: Well, based on how Perth are playing now, they lost two games on that road trip. At Illawar, where they are never really in it, Bryce Cotton gets hurt, and then they go down to Hobart and Tasmania do a number on them. And Tasmania are very... Very professional and clinical the way they win basketball games. Again, they throttled Perth on the offensive end. They had a good game plan. And offensively, they're so patient and efficient at the same time. And they score a lot of points. They prove you don't have to run up and down the floor like crazy jacking up shots to score a lot of points. You can be very methodical and get your
0: numbers up where you become very hard to beat. I'm just going to set this one up for you and then you can do the rest. I might just even walk away if you want. <laughs> Will Magne. Will Magne is the man.
1: If you look at his net rating, he's one of the top guys in the competition. He makes Tasmania so good offensively while also making them Almost like bad boy Pistons-like <laughs> defensive yeah. levels. Yes. He's a rim protector. He's a shot blocker. He's starting to do things on the offensive end that we saw three, four years ago when he was destined for the NBA. I think Will McDowell White is one. Uh, sorry, I think Will Magney is one of the most important pieces that you can have on your franchise. They just need him healthy but you see what happens when he's out there on the floor. So fingers crossed that he can maintain his health, and I look forward to seeing him play in a playoff series because we haven't seen him in the past two years.
0: Perth Wildcats went in without Bryce Cotton, just a precaution, so nothing to worry about there from a Perth perspective. They they got to play out in real time the what happens if Bryce gets injured scenario. Did you like the look of it? (laughs) No, no, not at all. And, look, there's nothing
1: wrong with having a team built around one player. We've seen success for decades in leagues all over the world where that is the case. It just puts a lot of pressure on that one player. Now, fortunately for Perth, Bryce has been durable yep. and Bryce is brilliant. So we've never really had to worry about what Perth looked like without him, but we got a glimpse and it, and it wasn't great. So they need to just get him healthy and then get back to playing good basketball. They've kind of lost their way a little bit too over the past few weeks, and I think John really will use this FIBA break really to hammer and
0: iron out some things. Melbourne and Illawarra was how we started the last day of the regular season. Melbourne United won, it was a bit of a topsy-turvy game. You've been talking a bit about Melbourne's form and and have we seen their best? They've been up, they've been down. How important was it for them just to win today? Don't worry about margin or the way it looked, just to win in the last game of the regular season.
1: And to win against a good team, Jack, and a team that was highly motivated. Illawarra really wanted that game. So for Melbourne United to dig deep, and win after the disappointing game up in Kansas on Friday night. I think it's very important. And now they can take some confidence into the FIBA break as opposed to losing that game and wondering, do we really have what it takes? Now, if you look at how they've been, for- been performing across the season, they haven't been 9 out of 10. They've probably been about 7.5, 7.8 out of 10 in that range. The good thing for them is they can, they can beat most teams performing at that level. But Dean Vickerman, I'm sure, wants his team at 9 out of 10 where there's no contest. If they perform at 9 out of 10, they will sweep the championship series if they can get up to that level.
0: Are like they the same debate? Oh, without a doubt, they're
1: the team to beat. And like I said, I didn't like how they played up in cans. I haven't liked some of their performances. But make no mistake, with that depth, with the talent, with the athleticism, with the shooting ability, they're the team.
0: Illawarra are a great story, and they may be an even better story tomorrow night if Justin Tatum is crowned the Coach of the Year at Mm. the Gazies. Last round, needed to win. They've sort of almost stumbled into fourth place now after all of this, haven't they?
1: Well, let's talk about that Coach of the Year because I've had John really just ahead of Dean Vickerman for about the past month or so. Uh, Justin Shuler got got into the running a little bit, but then he faded out. But now Justin Tatum's come back. I now have Justin Tatum as the coach of the year based on the fact that he beat John really three times decisively. And I think that he's done the most with his group over the same time frame since he took over the Illawarra Hawks. And I think he is the deserving coach of the year and uh, full credit to him for what he's done. They're in fourth place. And who could have all the moments that mattered episodes we did where I had to avoid being critical of the Hawks <laughs> yeah. because it looked like I was picking on them and we avoided the topic. So for him to resurrect that program and get them to where they are, I don't think I've seen a story like it, a comeback
0: story within a season like it in NBL history. Quick one on cans mm. because sometimes when we don't talk about cans, the Taipan supporters get a, a little bit narky. Mm. Um, you were there Friday night, so you are the best-placed person to talk about what happened, but I guess what, what's going to happen next with this team?
1: Well, I think they got some decisions to make, and unfortunately, whenever you have that type of beef between a player and a coach, both parties get examined, and we don't know all the ins and outs, but it certainly looked like on Friday night in their home finale that some type of an agreement had been struck where Tajir was going to go out there and start and do his thing. I don't have any facts behind that, but certainly there was an, there was a mood of like, okay, let's get through this. And they got through it. They came out there and played well. They got outstanding contributions also from Pat Miller. Tajir was energized, and I think that's what the Taipans fans had hoped for, kind of from rounds 15 to 19, where things kind of became disassembled for the Taipans.
0: just gonna change the rundown order slightly here. Mm-hmm. We normally finish with thumbs up, thumbs down. Let's just go to thumbs down now and get it out of the way. Because I'm pretty sure it's unanimously going to be the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, isn't it? It is. uh, It was tough to watch that. And, you know, they showed a flicker of
1: hope a few weeks ago when they defeated the Sydney Kings. And we were, you know, we were all gung-ho about how they fought and they fought, but that was novel. And things, uh, yeah, things aren't looking great there. Um, They've got guys going all over the place now, going on holidays, deserved holidays, I suppose. But... Certainly, there will be significant changes, you would think. Not necessarily because people have done a bad job, but I would say sometimes you just lose your job because things haven't worked out. And I think that's what I see with the Phoenix.
0: Are we talking total rebuild here? Like, almost go back to the start and reload and do the whole thing from the ground up?
1: probably a 95% rebuild and you know, you can't clean everybody out, but you can clean enough people out so that you get the idea that everything is fresh. Sure. And I think that's what the process should be.
0: It was hard to watch. Very, very hard to watch. Let's have a look at what's coming up. February 28th is where you want to be. Take the day off work, take the night off work. Get the kids babysat. Do whatever you need to do because we've got a 5.30 and mm. 7.30 doubleheader to start the postseason. It'll be Tasmania and Illawarra to start with at My State Bank Arena and then no tomorrow for the Sydney Kings <laughs> and the New Zealand Breakers.
1: Well, that Tasmania-Illawarra game will be fantastic. The thing I like about Illawarra, Jackets, is they, they go on the road and they play well. We've seen them do it in Sydney. We've seen them push New Zealand. We saw them push Melbourne United. So I think they feel confident. And the way they carry themselves, Justin Tatum's got them walking around, chest out. They're puffy. They feel like they can beat you no matter where they play you. So that's a dangerous game for Tasmania. Now the second game is a really intriguing one, of course, because it's do or die. Can the Kings show up, defend, and just take New Zealand out of it and win the game and move on? that's what you would hope to see if you're a Sydney King supporter no messing around no lack of effort no lack of heart because this breakers team if they're if they're down a man they're gonna come in more energized and more chip on their shoulders so it's we've got some great matchups I don't think we could have scripted a better matchup
0: I'm gonna put you on the spot sure. who's, who's winning both of them on the 28th I'm going with Tasmania and Sydney so New Zealand done I think New
1: Zealand are, I think I didn't like what I saw from them offensively, and that's how precarious everything is because three weeks ago, before the Anthony Lamb injury, I had them potentially going to the championship series. I felt they were one of the two or three teams that could have appeared in the championship series. But I just worry about the effect emotionally that it has on a team to keep having to deal with the psychological impact of losing key players.
0: So we've already done our thumbs down, let's just do a thumbs up to finish off, where do you want to go?
1: This is a long one Jack, you're not expecting this one, but I just want to thank everybody that helps us do our thing, whether it's here at Moments That Matter, at the venues, uh, in the hub, so let's start at NBL HQ. Heath Lachlan, Tony Skinner, Guy Neville, Luke Sakari. Great job, guys. Jam TV, Nathan John, Patrick Austin, Luke Tuncliffe, Greg Miles, Faith Highland, Allison Harding, Nikki Carson. Love you. The producers, Rachel, Dan, Jack. Nathan John also does some producing. Matt, Pat, audio. Matt, we got it all. Who else we got? Up in Brisbane, Pete and Maddie, Basil, Brian, Nadia. Winona, Up in Cairns, Rob, Pete, Andrew, Luke, and of course, all the CEOs, and especially the ones I deal with, Mal Watts, Mark Beecroft, and Chris Pongrass, thanks for your help. You guys may not, all, may not always agree with my opinions, but you continue to support us and provide assistance where it is necessary. Thank you guys very much. I can't believe I remembered all those names. Over to you, Jack.
0: I've got that as about 30 names you just remembered. <laughs> did you memorize all of that before we started? I did. I had a long night. That's very, very good by you. Oh, I just want to back that up. I, we can't wait for the postseason of what's coming up. From a fan's point of view, we heard you. We know you wanted us back in the venue as often as we could from a commentary point and we took a big jump forward this year and there are some great plans for next season as well. That doesn't happen by accident. There's a cost obviously but it's Mm. also the clubs. They have their setups already organised. They have their corporate areas and throughout the season all of the clubs have bent over backwards to find room for us. Even Tasmania last night for the first time had to reshuffle their entire corporate area just to fit us in which means that we can be there during the playoffs Mm. and I just want to Back that up. I think it's a really, really good point, and it sets it up for a great back end of the season. And then
1: my special mentions, obviously Nicole Cornelius, our producer, who I work with more often than any of the others. Thank you, Nicole. You always make the job very easy. And Brad Rosen, our our, our third partner here. Brad is our first year working together. You've been fantastic, and of course, you, Jack. You're one of the best in the business. Without you here, I wouldn't be able to do what I do and be able to go
0: off on the tangents that I do. <laughs> so I appreciate you, buddy. And I'm glad to have you as a friend uh, as well. It has been fantastic. We're not done, though. We'll be with you right throughout the postseason here on The Moments That Matter. And a big thanks to you as well, Ruck. And thanks for tipping me into that hairdresser that you use as well. It's <laughs> worked out really well for me. We are going to be back right across the final series here on The Moments That Matter. Don't forget the gazes on tomorrow night. You can stream it on the NBL website. And will Bryce Cotton be crowned a four-time MVP? I can't wait for that we'll see you during the plane